Today, we're reviewing the Gator season so far, the first half of it, offense, defense, and coaching, and I have some things to say only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, every day available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Thursday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. And don't worry, we are one day closer to Gators football because that's going to be really fun versus George. I can't wait. So excited for that. But uh, getting into this recap or review, whatever you want to call it, we're going to look at the offense first then the defense and then coaching. But first with the offense, I'm going to say we have a very good running game. You know, I, I've spoken about this before where I say our offensive line has been mediocre at best, whether run blocking or pass blocking, but our Ball carriers have just been so good at creating plays themselves. And, you know, whether it's just completely eluding tackles or evading tackles and completely breaking them, whatever it may be, they're just so good at creating something out of nothing, which is thankfully what they've been able to do. Because honestly, without that, we'd be a middle of the pack run team. But we just have such a good rushing offense so far this year. The passing game has just been, um, I don't, I don't know how to really describe it aside from bad. Um, that's, that's the only way I know how to describe this passing attack. Sorry for laughing at my own joke. I know I suck, right? Um, but looking at this passing attack, it's just been so wildly inconsistent. You could look at the Alabama game, and that's the game where we were like, okay, Emory Jones is turning things around. He had a rough start, but he really cleaned up, and he had a great game against Alabama. You look at the Vanderbilt game, and it's like, okay, Emory Jones is putting things together again. Like he, he looks like he's becoming that guy. But then you look at Kentucky and you look at LSU and it's like, what what are we even doing here? Like, what do we have? Take him out, put someone else in. It, it's just been, and obviously by someone else, I mean, Anthony Richardson, who I've been critical of be, partially because of how, like just how insane, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm like fighting through these words here. Just how gung-ho the fan base has been about Anthony Richardson. It's like he's made plenty of mistakes on his own. I get it. Emery's been incredibly frustrating. But it's not like Anthony Richardson has been without fault. It's just he's got a higher ceiling, so people want to see him play. I get it. I'm for it now. Even I'm saying it, it, it's time to put Anthony Richardson in there. I get it. Too many turnovers from both quarterbacks. They've both been turnover prone. They both thrown a ton of picks at this point. Anthony Richardson, I get, hasn't thrown as many picks as Emory Jones, but he's also played significantly less snaps, significantly less pass attempts. So the percentage, not, not too far off, really. Like both of these guys have been turning it over just way too much. Different reasons again. I mean, actually not even, it's both been bad decisions. I've been very critical of Anthony Richardson's accuracy, but it's been his bad decisions that have caused him to throw interceptions. Every time he gets pressured, he wants to throw the ball. He's got a big arm. I get it. But against LSU, they were against the wind. You have to realize, don't throw the ball. That's part of being a good quarterback. That's a discussion that we had earlier in the year when people were saying, oh, if Anthony Richardson were throwing a Jacob Copeland late in the Florida Atlanta game, then who cares? He'd be completing those passes. 
part of being a good quarterback is being able to connect on those passes with whoever your receiver is, not just the fastest ones that make you look better. Uh, there's been way too many penalties. I know I've been killing this team for the penalties. Look at the Kentucky game. It was horrible. And again, I blame the offense. I blame uh, the coaching staff for that more than I blame the offensive line because Eggwood like he clearly couldn't hear the snap count. He couldn't hear the claps. He couldn't hear the cadence, whatever you want to call it. He couldn't hear it. And Florida waited way too long to make that adjustment to a guard patting him on the hip. They waited way too long to make that adjustment. And that's completely unacceptable. That's on the coaching staff, either change your center, change the cadence, do something. But Florida just took way, way, way too long to make an adjustment there. And the offensive line is the next part that I'm going to talk about because they're, they've just been so wildly, horribly inconsistent. The first part of the year, Emory Jones was actually handling pressure very well and playing very well while under pressure. So it kind of um, overshadowed that the offensive line was getting him hit a decent amount. And the running backs and the running game in general, sorry, because early on we had Anthony Richardson just, just running for a billion yards a carry. But the running game specifically has made this offensive line look a lot better than it's been. But if you look at these plays, look at Damian Pierce, who's got like 62% of his total yards are after contact. And I realize there are guys like Kenneth Walker who are at like 75. That sucks for them too. But we've got every back has more yards after contact than before contact. They are all creating these carries by themselves. And while yes, that is a very good thing where you can say, hey, like, like like our backs can create for themselves. They can break tackles, evade tackles, make guys miss. That's fantastic. But imagine if they could do that with a good offensive line. Getting that extra yard or two before per carry before contact and then being able to create on your own. Like th This offensive line, they're not the root of the issue with this offense, but they are certainly contributing to it. Offensive line is probably the second weakest unit on this team behind quarterback. And I'm when I say quarterback, I mean not just the talent there. I mean the inconsistency of who is going to be our QB1. I mean the play calling with our quarterbacks, what they're expected to do. I think that quarterback's been the Achilles heel for this offense, which it is oftentimes in Gainesville. And it's like, look, Dan Mullen, you're, you're this QB guru, this offensive play caller, God, whatever you may be. You've got to clean it up because at this point, you're dropping the ball for this whole offense. This is supposed to be where we're better because you're an offensive mind. Like this is this offense. Again, the running game has been very good, but not because of the O-line. The passing game has been bad and inconsistent. And when we've been good, it's been very rarely. Uh, turnovers are just impossible to get over when you have an offense that's as inconsistent as we are. Uh, penalties, again, uh, just like turnovers. It's way too difficult to come back from when you're as inconsistent as our offense has been. And it, it, it's so frustrating. I can't wait to talk about the defense. But first, I'm just going to say a big thank you to Sweatblock because on every Saturday, really, now that I started betting more, but uh, Saturday, like my, my heart was, was pounded out of my chest watching the LSU game. I'm usually very quiet when I watch football games, but I was screaming at the top of my lungs at so many points in that game just because I hate LSU so much. But luckily, I wasn't sweating profusely. Like, I wasn't gross. I was near other people, so I had to make sure I wasn't sweating profusely. But sweat block is how I do it. They're stronger and more effective than most clinical anti 
in, uh, antiperspirants, and I would know because I use sweat block and I use other clinical antiperspirants. You apply it at night before bed, wake up, shower, and you're good to go for the rest of the day. Guaranteed, and I know, guaranteed, bit too good to be true, right? Not in this case. Sweat block is that ish. Use promo code locked on to get 20% off at sweatblock.com or get it at Amazon or CVS. And it was a top seller on Amazon. Looking at this defense now, started off great. First few games, it was big plays here and there. Uh, actually, up until the past couple of weeks, it's been big plays here and there and dominance throughout. That's it. That's all it was. And then, you know, we had Bama win up early on us, and then the defense was just lights out. It was remarkable. And then you look at the Vanderbilt game, and people talk about that being a statement because Florida shut out Vanderbilt, but the defense was on the field for like 80 plays. It's completely unacceptable. They were gassed. I'm shocked they didn't give up a big, a big play there. But Kentucky, they couldn't get off the field consistently enough. They played very well but they couldn't get off the field consistently enough. They couldn't dominate there, and they gave up a big play to Wando Robinson, missed tackles throughout, penalties, just, just dumb plays. And then you look at LSU, and it was god-awful defense. This defense the whole year has been completely unable to force takeaways. That's just been something that they haven't been able to do. We've had a few picks here and there where we've gotten lucky. Like you look at the Kentucky game, Travis Johnson's interception – ball was right to him like that was just that was the easiest pick i've ever seen you can look at Kyrie elam's pick was a great one against uh, south florida it was that was an unearned interception there's been just not enough takeaways forced by this defense fumbles picks i don't care takeaways there haven't been enough um and i mean defensively it's just so frustrating I, this is something that we've been talking about all since i've taken over lockdown gators i've been talking about it how frustrating this defense is when it comes to whether or not they're going to play press coverage um i i brought it up the other day when i was reviewing florida lsu you know we have so many instances where and this is something i'm going to mention in the coaching section next too but i, I wanted to bring this up here also because it's obviously about the defense, but there are so many instances where it's third and two, third and three. And our DBs, I know on the other day, I exaggerated and said like 12 yards off, but now our DBs are like seven, eight yards off. And it's when you're playing in that, that tight coverage, that's not something that you can do. You've got to play press. You're, when you're playing that close quarters, uh, so close to the line of scrimmage, so close to the yard to gain, You've got to play better than that. You've got to play tighter than that. And then we have the LSU game, third and 15, and we play press coverage at that point, and they get it. And it's a, I, I don't understand what the uh, thought process is that's leading to Florida playing press or playing off. And it, it's just so incredibly frustrating because I hate it. I am um, all for press coverage most of the time. Third and 15? not when you should be playing press coverage. That makes no sense. Like, wh what is the benefit to that? You're just putting the rest of your, you're just putting your whole defense in harm's way at that point. Just protect the six. Like, it, it's as simple as that. The defensive line has been great. They've gotten a little, they've, they've slowed down a little bit from their tremendous start to the season. You know, Zach Carter had three sacks in the first game. He's slowed down a bit since then. But, you know, 
They've been so good with so many players contributing. And that's something that we've been talking about, how deep this defensive line is. You've got Zach Carter, Brenton Cox Jr., Antonio Valentino, Daquan Newkirk, uh, Javon Dexter, Chris Bogle, Princely. I'm I'm sorry, I can't pronounce his last name, but Princely. Jeremiah Moon comes down to the D-line. We've had so many players contribute and not just contribute, but, but play well and contribute positively, consistently. They've slowed down a bit, but this D-line has been fantastic. I don't have a ton of complaints about them. Coverage has been so good. Like it, It's really, our pass coverage has been so good. I get that D-line, pass rush, and coverage go very hand-in-hand, hand, despite how many people are like, pass rush is more important, coverage is more important. I don't give a damn. As long as it's working, I don't care. Uh, but coverage has been very well, not forcing takeaways, but they've been very well, they've been, um, been very good in coverage. Run defense, or actually, I don't even want to say run defense. I want to say tackling in general has been one of the most, um, what's the word that I would use? Like the most atrocious thing I have ever seen in my entire life. It's been terrible. We spoke about this yesterday with Ian Cummings, where looking at guys like Trey Dean, where it's like he's been so good this year but his tackling has been awful. Look at the Wandale Robinson screen against Florida, 41 yard touchdown where we missed what? Six tackles on the play. Look at LSU. We missed how many tackles? I think it was 17 off the top of my head. Alabama, we missed like nine in the first quarter. It's just been so awful watching this defense try to tackle. And I'm not even putting it all on the linebackers like I usually would because linebackers' job is to be the secure tacklers. They've been bad. Don't get me wrong. But safeties like Trey Dean has been missing a ton of tackles. And it, whenever a team has the ball in their hands and they're going against Florida's second-level defenders or third-level defenders, it, it looks like Derrick Henry is playing against Pop Warner kids. Like, I, I, I don't get it. It's missed tackles, broken tackles, completely whiffing on plays. Um, like the Wando Robinson touchdown, I, I believe it was Tradine who just dives by his ankles. And it's like, what the hell were you hoping to accomplish with that? Like, he's not he's not a big dude where you need to go at his ankles. Go at his hip. Take him out. Take him out. Just right at, right at the waist. Just, just line him up. And it, it's just been so bad and so hard to watch because – like I mentioned, like the D-line's been fantastic. The coverage has been fantastic. Not forcing takeaways either side, but they've been very good. And it's like, oh, if you could just do the fundamentals of making your tackles, even relatively consistently, this defense is going to look even better than it had previously. You know, before the LSU game, we were giving up 16 and a half points per game. And it's like, that would be lower if this defense could tackle more consistently, think of all the big plays given up because of missed tackles, not even blown coverage. I'm not talking about Tennessee where Mordecai McDaniel completely, I don't know if it was a miscommunication or if he just thought it was something else or what was going on, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm not talking about a blown coverage that leads to a 75-yard touchdown. I'm talking about just missed tackles. If we could do the fundamentals on this defense – this defense would be so much better. Not not 16.5 points per game, um, maybe 14 points per game. It would be significantly lower just keeping them out of out of the end zone. But you know, this it's just been so bad the whole year tackling. I'm this, like I mentioned, the D-line started off incredibly hot, slowed down a bit, but still playing very well, but slowed down a bit. It's not like that when we look at 
the tackling. It's just been bad, 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 bad. Every game, it's been it's been awful and atrocious and terrible and disgusting because it's the fundamentals in this team does that so poorly. Like offensive line play, that's big fundamentals. You know, not getting penalties, not turning the ball over making tackles. Those are all fundamental parts of football. And that's where Florida sucks this year at just being technically sound and fundamental and playing fundamental football. And I'm not saying fundamental, like running, you know, two yards in a cloud of dust or whatever the saying is, but I'm saying just, just do the basic things that you need to do. And this team is a, a playoff team without a doubt in my mind, but it's just been so frustrating. I'm especially frustrated with the coaches, which who I'm about to tear into. I'm just going to let you know that I'm about to tear into, but first I got to get through this real quick. Need something to do with your stimulus, tax refund, GameStop, Dogecoin, NIL, bet online, prize picks. I don't care how you get your money. Any of that money, visit rockauto.com right now for all of your car parts needs. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I don't even have a car that I know how to do anything with um, <laughs> besides drive. That's in and fill up the gas. That's it. You should have seen me trying to put air in the tire last week. It was terrible. Whether it's brake pads, taillights, hydraulics, fuzzy dice in a mirror, whatever it is, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know exactly who sent you. That is L O C K E D with a space O N. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, I've I've been getting really into betting with football. Basketball came back two days ago. Baseball's in the playoffs. It's really fun. International soccer. I'm really bad at. Uh, but you know, I do it. I, I use Bet Online to do all these things. I love betting on it. It's the easiest way to do all of your sports betting or non-sports betting. They have politics, when aliens will attack, uh, the final digit of the Dow Jones every day you can bet on. Like that, that's just, that's, come on, that's that's prime stuff. I use Bet Online constantly to do all of my betting and they have props, or not even props, just bets on almost anything you can imagine. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device, which is how I bet, today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code Locked On. That is L-O-C-K-E-D, no space, O-N, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Now we're going to take a look at this coaching staff, if, if you want to call them coaching staff. They don't do much coaching, so... I'm going to say that because uh, I am pissed with them right now. Dan Mullen, I'm going to start at the top. You know, you go for the head right away. Thanos said it. it it's as simple as that. You got to listen to Thanos. Uh, Dan Mullen has been killing this team this year. His complete inability to uh, – I'm, I'm actually – I just thought of another thing that I'm going to tear into him for. But his complete inability to – decide on a QB he trusts if he trusts either QB has been absolutely killer to this team because it, it it's stupid things like against LSU for example Emory Jones let a touchdown drive and he was in a rhythm that drive that he let a touchdown drive throwing the ball for the most part he threw it Trent Whitmore threw one but whatever um but Emory Jones 
led a touchdown drive throwing the ball. And then the next drive, Anthony Richardson came in. And it's like, if you get a quarterback into a rhythm, why are you then immediately taking him out after finding success? I get that you want to go two drives on, one drive off, maybe two drives on, two drives off, whatever it may be. But there comes a point where you have to recognize you can't just stick to that. We saw it happen earlier this year, too. I forget which game it was, but Emery started off hot, two drives, then came out for Anthony Richardson and just never really recovered from it. Because if you get a guy in a rhythm, don't take him out. Ride the hot hand. I'd be happier if we were losing games because Dan Mullen was riding the hot hand. You know, Anthony Richardson gets a 73-yard touchdown run. Keep him in. I don't care. If he's doing things like that, keep him in until he messes up. It's as simple as that. I, I would honestly rather be like, okay, every punt or turnover, that's when we're rotating quarterbacks. When, when you're out of a rhythm, that's when we're rotating quarterbacks. But his complete inability to recognize that his mistakes have been just killer for this team are so frustrating and not even his ability to recognize his mistakes. But the thing that I thought of that I was like, Oh, I got another thing. I'm going to tear into him. His complete lack of accountability or willing to accept any responsibility for this team's complete failure this year is just so incredibly frustrating because you know the kentucky game oh we didn't get out coached we we had more yards than them shut the hell up i didn't even know what you're thinking about there like i don't know what he thought that answer would be or his stupid little uh i'll i'll never reveal which quarterback i'm starting when he's said emory a billion times this year but now all of a sudden it's like i don't want to commit to anything which it's fine i'm fine with the two quarterbacks thing like you've said emory's going to be the primary quarterback in games before. So don't all of a sudden be like, I would never tell, I would never reveal a trade secret to you guys with whatever nonsense that is. His, he's been taking way too long to make adjustments. And that's not just him. That's Todd Grantham too. You're on the list too, buddy. But like, they've been taking way too long to make adjustments. They completely didn't make any adjustments against LSU. And I don't care what they want to say. Look at Diabati's presser where he was, they asked him, uh, how do you feel about the adjustments you made? He's like, uh, you know, we, we made the adjustments we were told to make. He didn't say that he was like that they were the right adjustments. He said, we made the adjustments we were told to make. How do you feel about the defensive scheme? He, what did he say? I'm con or how confident are you in this defensive scheme? He goes, I'm confident in my teammates ability to play hard. You, because you suck Todd Grantham, not the body. I would never say that about him, but Todd Grantham, you suck. Like, it's as simple as that. LSU ran the same counter trap 14 times on Saturday against Florida. And they had almost 300 rushing yards. Or, sorry, Tyrion Davis-Price had almost 300 rushing yards himself. It's just, it, it's horrible. There were no adjustments made. Offensively, we take way too long to make adjustments. See, the first segment where I was talking about uh, the offensive line in Kentucky, I, I get Egwakon couldn't hear. I, I get that. But take put in a center that can hear or change your cadence. And we took way too long to do that. It was just constant failures by this coaching staff. And that's what's pissing me off most because previously it was Dan Mullins getting a lot out of not a lot because McElwain, as good as he was supposed to be and as good as our recruiting stayed, uh, because we're Florida, it's going to stay like that, which by the way, we lost Shamar James yesterday. So that's fun. If you didn't know that, um, that's really fun linebacker for next year. We're supposed to be a top player that we got fun stuff. Um, 
that's where I'm at. But um, yeah, no, it, it's we need to figure something out because it used to be that Dan Mullen was getting a ton out of a little bit. Now he's got a ton. He's got so much talent on the team. Where even Ian Cummings yesterday, he was like, you know, I didn't realize like this team is so fun. They're so good. And it's like, yeah, but our coaching sucks this year. I don't get what it is. I thought this year was going to be, you know, Dan Mullen's kind of breakout year as the Gators head coach because the team looked like a Dan Mullen team. And then now I'm thinking, is a Dan Mullen team a team that sucks and has no discipline? Like, is that what we're talking about? Because that's what they're looking like. Todd Grantham sucked too as a defensive coordinator. He sucked last year and the year before too. I'm not, I'm not just saying this is a brand new thing, but Dan Mullen, you know, going into the year, we were like, he did so well last year and the year before he's going to keep being great. And it's like, or not at all like that. I, I just don't get it. I'm so frustrated with this coaching staff primarily. Like I realize I've ripped into the offense and defense today, but it, it's the coaching staff really that's pissing me off more than anything else. Cause it's not, it's not the lack of execution really. It's the lack of having no genuine direction with this team. That's really frustrating me. Thank you, though, for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day tomorrow, we'll get into a second half preview for our Florida Gators. Now make your second listen, Locked On SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy of Sports 790. It is free and available on all platforms. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E. N-I-N-E sports and be sure to check out my pin tweet to let lockdown know why Gator Nation is the best fan base in college football and I will see you all tomorrow.